Ezekiel chapter 41. Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible. An Exposition with Practical Observations of The Book of the Prophet Ezekiel. Chapter 41. An account was given of the porch of the house in the close of the foregoing chapter. This brings us to the temple itself, the description of which here given creates much difficulty to the critical expositors and occasions differences among them. Those must consult them who are nice in their inquiries into the meaning of the particulars of this delineation, it shall suffice us to observe. 1. The dimensions of the house, the posts of it, verse 1, the door, verse 2, the wall and the side chambers, verses 5 and 6, the foundations and wall of the chambers, their doors, verses 8 to 11, and the house itself, verse 13. 2. The dimensions of the oracle or most holy place, verses 3 and 4. 3. An account of another building over against the separate place, verses 12 to 15. 4. The manner of the building of the house, verses 7, 16, and 17. 5. The ornaments of the house, verses 18 to 20. 6. The altar of incense and the table, verse 22. 7. The doors between the temple and the oracle, verses 23 to 26. There is so much difference both in the terms and in the rules of architecture between one age and another, one place and another, that it ought not to be any stumbling block to us that there is so much in these descriptions dark and hard to be understood, about the meaning of which the learned are not agreed. To one not skilled in mathematics the mathematical description of a modern structure would be scarcely intelligible, and yet to a common carpenter or mason among the Jews at that time we may suppose that all this, in the literal sense of it, was easy enough. Ezekiel 41 verses 1 to 11 we are still attending a prophet that is under the guidance of an angel, and therefore attend with reverence, though we are often at a loss to know both what this is and what it is to us. Observe here. 1. After the prophet had observed the courts he was at length brought to the temple, verse 1. If we diligently attend to the instructions given us in the plainer parts of religion, and profit by them, we shall be led further into an acquaintance with the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Those that are willing to dwell in God's courts shall at length be brought into his temple. Ezekiel was himself a priest, but by the iniquity and calamity of the times was cut short of his birthright privilege of ministering in the temple, but God makes up the loss to him by introducing him into this prophetical, evangelical, celestial temple, and employing him to transmit a description of it to the church, in which he was dignified above all the rest of his order. 2. When our Lord Jesus spoke of the destroying of this temple, which his hearers understood of the second temple of Jerusalem, he spoke of the temple of his body, John 2 verses 19 and 21 and with good reason might he speak so ambiguously when Ezekiel's vision had a joint respect to them both together, including also his mystical body the church, which is called the house of God, 1 Timothy 3 verse 15, and all the members of that body, which are living temples, in which the Spirit dwells. 3. The very posts of this temple, the doorposts, were as far one from the other, and consequently the door was as wide, as the whole breadth of the tabernacle of Moses, verse 1, namely, 12 cubits, Exodus 26 verses 16 and 22, 25. In comparison with what had been under the law we may say, wide is the gate which leads into the church, the ceremonial law, that wall of partition which had so much straightened the gate, being taken down. For the most holy place was an exact square, twenty cubits each way, verse 4. For the new Jerusalem is exactly square, Revelation 21 verse 16, denoting its stability, for we look for a city that cannot be moved. 5. The upper stories were larger than the lower, verse 7. The walls of the temple were six cubits thick at the bottom, five in the middle story, and four in the highest, 
which gave room to enlarge the chambers the higher they went, but care was taken that the timber might have fast hold, though God builds high, he builds firmly, yet so as not to weaken one part for the strengthening of another, they had hold, but not in the wall of the house. By this spreading gradually, the side chambers that were on the height of the house, in the uppermost story of all, were six cubits, whereas the lowest were but four, they gained a cubit every story. The higher we build up ourselves in our most holy faith the more should our hearts, those living temples, be enlarged. Ezekiel 41 verses 12 to 26. Here is 1. An account of a building that was before the separate place, that is, before the temple, at the end towards the west, verse 12, which is here measured, and compared, verse 13, with the measure of the house, and appears to be of equal dimensions with it. This stood in a court by itself, which is measured, verse 15, and its galleries, or chambers belonging to it, its posts and windows, and the ornaments of them, verses 15 to 17. But what is was to be made of this other building we are not told, perhaps, in this vision, it signified the setting up of a church among the Gentiles not inferior to the Jewish temple, but of quite another nature, and which should soon supersede it. 2. A description of the ornaments of the temple and the other building. The walls on the inside from top to bottom were adorned with cherubim and palm trees, placed alternately, as in Solomon's temple, 1 Kings 6 verse 29. Each cherub is here said to have two faces, the face of a man towards the palm tree on one side, and the face of a young lion towards the palm tree on the other side, verse 19. These seem to represent the angels, who have more than the wisdom of a man and the courage of a lion, and in both they have an eye to the palms of victory and triumph which are set before them, and which they are sure of in all their conflicts with the powers of darkness. And in the assemblies of the saints angels are in a special manner present, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 10. 3. A description of the posts of the doors both of the temple and of the sanctuary. They were squared, verse 21, not round like pillars, and the appearance of the one was as the appearance of the other. In the tabernacle, and in Solomon's temple, the door of the sanctuary, or most holy, was narrower than that of the temple, but here it was fully as broad, for in gospel times the way into the holiest of all is made more manifest than it was under the Old Testament, Hebrews 9 verse 8, and therefore the door is wider. These doors are described, verses 23 and 24. The temple and the sanctuary had each of them its door, and they were two-leaved, folding doors. 4. We have here the description of the altar of incense, here said to be an altar of wood, verse 22. No mention is made of its being overlaid with gold, but surely it was intended to be so, else it would not bear the fire with which the incense was to be burned, unless we will suppose that it served only to put the censers upon. Or else it intimates that the incense to be offered in the gospel temple shall be purely spiritual, and the fire spiritual, which will not consume an altar of wood. Therefore this altar is called a table. This is the table that is before the Lord. Here, as before, we find the altar turned into a table, for, the great sacrifice being now offered, that which we have to do is to feast upon the sacrifice at the Lord's table. 5. Here is the adorning of the doors and windows with palm trees, that they might be of a piece with the walls of the house, verses 25 and 26. Thus the living temples are adorned, not with gold or silver or costly array, but with the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, 